Hey Pacer fans, I'm Miles Turner, and here's the Sideline Guys podcast. Hi Pacers fans, and welcome into another Sideline Guys Wednesday alongside TV host and sideline reporter Jeremiah Johnson. I'm radio host and sideline reporter Pat Boylan, and pleased to be joined this week by Pacers guard TJ McConnell. Uh, this has been TJ about a month into everybody's new normal. How are you? Are you staying safe, staying healthy? I am. Um, you know, I obviously hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and uh, insane, but um, kind of being quarantined with my wife and dog and um, being able to kind of still work out and, and stay in good shape um, in case the season comes back, I'm um, keeping myself busy. We'll get into a little bit later how you're staying busy, how you're passing the time. I'm wondering just a little more generally, you're somebody that seemingly takes so much passion into the game, into your play on the floor, really seemingly into life in general. So for somebody that's that tuned in as you are, what's it like for this whole thing to hit an immediate pause in the way it did? You know, it was hard. I thought we were playing great basketball leading up to that point, um, really hitting our stride. And, you know, but you kind of take a step back and look at the bigger picture and, um, see how this is affecting the entire world. And um, you just hope everyone is staying safe and, and taking this very seriously. Um, but at the end of the day, um, there, there might be a season that comes back. So uh, I'm keeping that crazy mind of mine still going and um, staying locked in. TJ, earlier today, we had a chance to talk with Kevin Pritchard about a number of things. And before there were questions, he wanted to comment about just things the team is doing and specifically the players. And he had a comment where he said, I want to give a hat tip to some of our players. And he went down the line, but he started with you. He said TJ McConnell, and then he said the others. But he said that you guys have done a really good job in leading the team and in general, keeping everyone focused and together. Is that happening through Zoom sessions or chats? And what are those interactions like with your teammates? Yeah, we're all texting each other um, on a group chat and we're just checking in on everyone. And, um, you know, you don't get to check in on everyone and every day, but kind of make your rounds and see how they're doing. And, you know, we have a, a Zoom call this Friday as a as a group. And, um, you know, everyone, because we have great guys here, is doing their part to stay locked in and, and stay ready for the season. It's crazy to think that this week, Wednesday, would have been the regular season finale and this weekend would have been the start of the playoffs. Is it, has the time gone fast or is it dragging? I'm curious kind of your mindset and what the last month has been like. And, you know, normally this would be the best time of the year as you would look forward to a playoff match. I mean, you mentioned everyone's focus is on, you know, the bigger picture and making sure that everyone stays healthy. But this is just so unusual what's happened over the last month. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. but. I feel like there are some weeks that go by quicker than others. Um, you know, I kind of just said to my wife and, and friends a couple of days ago that I think, like you said, the season finale would have been this weekend or, or, or very close. And um, it's just crazy to think about. Um, but, you know, like I said, just trying to stay locked in and, and ready because um, I'm hearing uh, there could be a season um, that resumes. And if that's the case, you know, everybody is, is kind of had a, a different workout plan and has different situation around them. Part of what made this so challenging is there was no preparation. Like, had you known the season was going to hit a stop a month before, you could have, you know, maybe outfitted your place 
um, accordingly. So how are you staying active and how are you staying uh, busy and in as best physical shape as you can? So um, I have a makeshift gym that kind of put together in my parking spot at St. Vincent and um, kind of just got a bike down there to kind of stay physically active and kettlebells, weights, um, everything. So kind of uh, hats off to, you know, Andy, our strength coach, kind of setting it up for me and, and keeping his distance and um, just kind of have been doing that for four to five days a week and have found a gym out, in, uh, out near Carmel that I've been using um, that's been really helpful as well. Have you, have you been able to get a sense how the team is in general uh, doing with this process in terms of, you know, whether or not they have basketball goals where they are and whether or not they're able to outfit some sort of setup like you are able to? I feel like a lot of our guys, for the most part, have found ways to work out, you know, on a court or in a weight room or, or a makeshift gym. Um, we've got guys that want to work here and um, are doing anything they can to, to to find that type of stuff. And, um, you know, like I said, we just checking in every day. I, I feel like a lot, of the, a lot of the guys can agree with me that you don't truly realize how much you miss the human interaction and the team aspect of everything until something like this happens. And I think is a wake up call for a lot of us. How's the interactions been at home? Because now normally you'd be maybe leaving for three or four days at a time. And, and now you're pretty much around your wife and I'm sure cooking all the meals for her and, and keeping the place clean. You guys still getting along after a month of this? Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest. I struggle to make ice cubes. That's how good of a chef I am. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I say this all the time. My wife is the best there is. She cooks, she cleans and, We've been spending a lot of time together. So for her to be able to cook the meals and, and, and put up with me, really, um, you know, she's the MVP of this whole thing. So you haven't had a technical in a while, so you should be able to save up. Or are you going to have to get her another couch? Because we remember those comments from earlier this season about, you know, Brett Brown costing his wife a couch. Uh, after, you know, all this went down, we've, we've been saving a lot. I'm not allowed to go anywhere. So a couch may be in her future, but I won't let her know that. Have you picked up any non-basketball related hobbies over the last month? Not really. Um, kind of just watching a lot of TV shows, just spending a lot of quality time and, and, and working out. You know, I'm very routine oriented. I wake up every morning, have coffee and um, kind of just do that, go work out. And, and it's kind of that's been the norm for me throughout all of this. Have you been able, um, now that you maybe had a month, it's kind of a weird time to reflect because obviously there's a hope that we'll get restarted at some point, but have you had a chance to think about the season so far, how it's been for you in your first year in Indiana and the team in general, which was seeming um, to, to find a, a, a bit of a gel there with Victor just before everything came to a halt? Yeah, um, obviously my first year in Indiana has been amazing. I absolutely love it. I love playing here. I love playing for this organization in front of these fans. Um, you know, kind of starting off like we did in the beginning of the year um, without our best player. You know, we started off 0-3 and, and I think things weren't looking that good. And then we kind of go on a run and, and kind of show what, what type of team we can be and, and kind of held down the fort until Victor came back. And then he came back and there was a little bit of an adjustment period as there should be. Um, he came back what, midway through the season, a little later, and 
And then I, like I said, I feel like we were hitting our stride again, um, you know, after integrating him back and, um, you know, we were just playing really well. And it's unfortunate that this happened um, when, when we were playing like that. TJ, just to follow up on what Pat said, but I wanted to go back even farther than that. Can you take me to the off season and maybe the July period when you were trying to figure out where your home would be, what teams maybe showed interest, and not naming those, but just as you started to go through the process and, and kind of wrap your arms around the fact that, you know, maybe you could be coming to Indianapolis and to, to play for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, what, were, what was that time like, and could, it have, could you have imagined it have gone any better than it has? So I was told throughout free agency and even before that, you know, sometimes it works out where a team kind of just comes right out of left field that, that you didn't expect. And, you know, I've always respected how the Pacers played and how well coached they are and, and the atmosphere you play in front of. Um, you know, kind of the first couple days in a free agency, I didn't really know what to expect and saw a bunch of guys getting signed and you kind of start going to these dark places. And, and luckily I had my wife around me and in a great support system, you know, kind of keep me up. And um, I remember I was out to dinner with, my wife, her twin sister, her twin sister's husband, and um, my agent called and was like, the Pacers um, are going to be calling you. And I remember saying to myself, wow, that would be an unbelievable fit. And just hearing um, what Coach McMillan had to say, and, um, you know, it was just, just I, I feel like it was a perfect fit. It just didn't really promise anything, said, you're gonna have to work and come in and, and that's been my mo and um throughout my career and um i'm so happy it worked out the way it did i absolutely love it here you know i can think back to you know moving or taking a new job or moving to a different school there always has to be a little bit of not necessarily apprehension but nervousness and especially when you're coming from somewhere that they loved you. I mean, when we go back to Philadelphia, it's like they want to throw a parade for you every single game. So you had to worry a little bit, you know, will it fit? Will I fit in? Will it go as well as it did? And, you know, what would you attribute the fact that it has? Um, just just the way we play here. Um, it's hard-nosed. Uh, and and I've, I've been told by all the players that reached out when, when I signed here that, you know, these fans are, are, are really smart and they love, they'll love the way you play and they people just said to be yourself out there and that's exactly what I did. And, and I'm glad the fans have taken a liking to it. And um, the feeling is certainly mutual back to them. You came uh, into Philadelphia a bit unheralded out of college, at least as it relates to uh, an NBA prospect and Jeremiah kind of hit on your time there, everything you were able to accomplish, become a fan favorite. So when you hit the free agency period, I'm sure in a lot of ways it was tough to leave um, everything that you'd built, but was there any part of you that, um, that had it feel really fulfilling to have another team watch what you do and, um, and want your services, especially considering the path that it took for you to get to the NBA in the first place? Absolutely. Um, I think the career span for an average NBA player is what, I think, three to four years. So the fact that I'm able to get a second contract with such a historic franchise like the Pacers, um, it, I can't put into words how much it means to me and um, just truly blessed and, and, and lucky and, and, and so happy that it, it worked out the way it has. 
Have you had the chance? I think the Pacers posted it uh, not too long ago, but obviously it's been, I don't know, JJ, what, a, a month or two since you guys ran that um, mic'd up segment. Have you had a chance to go back and watch those? And uh, what's, it, what's it like when you review them? Yeah, I feel times um, kind of to just tease me and tell me that, you know, I'm kind of brutal towards other people. And, you know, it's obviously all in good fun. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends on that team in Philadelphia and obviously a lot of friends here and just uh, just trying to make the game light and fun, but also be extremely competitive. We brought that play up on a podcast recently. We went over our un unheralded or maybe the under the radar moments of the season. Do you have any of those, anything that stands out to you uh, where you kind of think back to, you know, that was pretty cool and maybe something that uh, the fans, they might not have seen on TV or they might not be aware of? For me personally or just in general? Uh, you or how it relates to the team? Um, no, uh, I, I, you know, this season has just been, you know, amazing in so many aspects. But I think for something that kind of sticks out to me um, is when Victor came back and you know, hit that shot against the Bulls. And it was just like one of those moments where you were like, wow, a guy, a guy has worked so hard to get to where he's at right now and to have an injury like that and work so hard um, to get back to this point. Um, I, I, you couldn't write that story any better. And, and to see his emotion in the locker room and how we all came together, um, you know, to support him, it was an incredible moment. And then we, uh, we highlighted on social media this week the play that you made at the end of the third quarter against the Memphis Grizzlies. And in that play, Victor Oladipo kind of ran off the bench in street clothes and he lifted you up and the, the whole team kind of rushed over. I mean, was there any point in the first month or two of the season where, you know, they took you in, the fans took you in, and you kind of realized the atmosphere that you were a part of now? I mean, right away. Um, but, you, but you bring that point up. It just kind of speaks volumes to the guys and players we have in this locker room. I'm just happy for one another to succeed. And, you know, when I hit that shot, them kind of surrounding me and, and just so happy. Um, for me, it's, it just, like I said, speaks volumes to the character of every player on this team. And, um, and, and, and being a part of that is amazing and, and playing in front of the fans and, and them taking such a liking to me and our team and, always supporting us. Um, can't put it into words how much it means to us. You not only came over to a new team, but you joined a team that had a lot of turnover in the offseason and was kind of changing its identity a little bit to get younger. I'm wondering if there's anybody on this team who you didn't know before who has surprised you, whether it's their personality, their game, anything that uh, you maybe didn't expect going in? Um. The person that has surprised me the most, um, you know, this is, it's going to be a different answer, but it, it's Aaron Holiday. And I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I don't think either did he um, with the situation that we were in. But like I said, the type of guys that we have in this locker room, and he's mainly one of them, just happy for others to succeed. And we're actually really, really good friends. And it kind of just, like I said, speaks to the to type of man he is. And it's been amazing to play alongside of him and um, get to know him. I'm not sure did if you, you got 
chance to watch the uh, ESPN horse competition that at least started last weekend, but it did get me wondering, who do you think might win a horse competition within your own team? Um, I would have to say Victor. Um, I feel like he practices crazy shots all the time. Um, so I think easily uh, he would win that competition. Even over like Doug? Well, if Doug obviously uh, gets hot from three, which, which is pretty easy to do for a guy like that, um, I'd say you're in trouble. TJ, I was looking up some stats, and I wanted to bring up a couple things to your attention. And, and the first would be the durability. Over your course of your career, 81 games, 81 games, 76, 76, and this season currently 63 of 65. When you came into the league, did you view that as a priority, that you had to be available if called upon? And how much pride do you take in, in kind of those numbers? Yeah, I feel like a guy like me can't afford to miss games no matter – how bad you're hurt. I know if, if I can't walk, I'm obviously not going to play, but you know, if I have little aches and pains and you know, something that's bothering me, I'm going to do everything I can to be on the floor. And that's just the type of mindset that I have had since I came into the league where I feel like if I sit out for aches and pains, someone else could just come in and take my spot. And um, that's kind of just been my mindset and just, to just not miss games and, and be out there and help my team. And the other stat I wanted to bring up is uh, NBA leaders assist per 36 minutes. Number one in the NBA is LeBron James. Number two is Ricky Rubio. Number four is Trey Young. And number five is Luka Doncic. PJ McConnell is third. So that's a, that's a compliment to you and what you've been able to do with the minutes that you've been given. Is there any part of you ever that wonders, you know, what if, what if I got maybe an extra five minutes a game? And I know you're, you accept your role, but to think what you've been able to accomplish with what you've been given, um, it, it speaks volumes. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And um, I think Coach McMillan does an awesome job with, you know, the way we sub. And, um, you know, I'm just, like I said, I, I feel like a broken record. I say this all the time. I just kind of am doing what the team needs me to do. And, um you know, you saying that I'm third in that category, um, uh, that's a credit to the guys I'm playing with. I'm just, I'm just getting them the ball and, you know, they're, you know, they're scoring. So uh, I think that's more of a credit to them than to me. Hopefully when things get picked back up, do you have a sense for where everyone is and, and what the team might look like when you guys hopefully uh, get back on the floor? Um, you know, hopefully we get some time to kind of get reacclimated with one another on the floor. Um, but uh, I expect, you know, for us to, to pick up right where we left off. We've got a bunch of hungry guys and, um, you know, the character in the locker room hasn't changed. And uh, I'm, at least I'm hopeful that, you know, we kind of pick up where we left off and I don't see why we wouldn't. JJ, if you have uh, another question, go ahead. I had one that we'll close with him on. Sure. In this time that you've been kind of had more time to think about things, I know we have always appreciated your availability in media sessions. And, and I don't know if you've had time to think about when the playing career does come to an end and whether, you know, being an analyst or being a coach. But have you had more time to think about, you know, when T.J. McConnell's in his 40s, where he might be and what, what you might be doing? Yeah, um, you know, I've, I've had a chance to think about a lot of things, obviously, but um, you know, I, 
I say this to a lot of people, obviously the ball is going to stop bouncing at one point. And, um, you know, I, I think obviously I, I want to stay in basketball and, and, and do something. I feel like I would be doing a disservice by not helping people with the game that has been so great to me. And, um, you know, whether it's coaching or front office, um, definitely want to do something in basketball for sure. So I don't know if those listening, they won't be able to see this, but I'll describe it. I'm holding up right now this Pacers majestic jacket. And one day I was wearing this to practice, and you almost stopped what you were doing. You're like, Where, where'd you get that? So I did want to tell you that I'm going to try to get this cleaned, and whenever we can see each other again, I'm going to present it to you. But along those lines, can you think back to growing up um, in the Pittsburgh area? Did you have any starter jacket or old, uh, you know, favorite jacket or hat that, that you wish you had back uh, that, that you could you know still have and wear today are you saying that if you give me this jacket you're gonna wish you had it back no this one <laughs> this one's not as sentimental I actually got it on sale at the gift shop maybe three or four years ago so it doesn't fall into that category I've got an old pacer starter hat somewhere around here that you cannot have so that one you know it, it looks more retro than it really is but is there anything that kind of that you used to like to wear as a kid you know, I, I wore a lot of like starter jackets when I was little, none really sticks out. And, um, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. I look absolutely horrendous in hats. I think I have a huge head and <laughs> I just, I don't look good in hats at all. So I, I've tried to stay away from that and, you know, not really any starter jackets that stick out to me, but I'll tell you, I appreciate that you're giving me that jacket and I'm going to wear it a lot. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Trust me, if there's anyone that looks worse than you in hats, it's me. I can't stand them. So I'm, I'm on that same wavelength. Hey, TJ, we appreciate the time. Any final message uh, for the fans here listening? Yeah, absolutely. I, obviously, we appreciate your support. We hope you're all out staying safe and, and helping the community in any, any way you can. And um, we miss playing in front of you and, and look forward to playing in front of you again and hope you're all doing well. TJ, thank you. Be safe. Be well. Thank you. Same to you. Thanks, TJ. Really good in this time to get the perspective, JJ, of the players we heard from Goga a couple weeks ago, who's in a different situation, obviously from TJ McConnell. But I think, you know, one of the things that stands out the most to me is just, you know, how much they become regular people in scenarios like this. We're all dealing, you know, with this new normal and um, the quarantining and and TJ who maybe comes across to the average fan as the most normal guy anyway uh, good to get his perspective um, there from TJ McConnell yeah much like I think I mentioned on last week's podcast that I was so excited when I found out that TJ McConnell was going to be mic'd up for the game against Philadelphia I was equally as excited to get the chance to um, talk with him on the sideline guys podcast you know, he's one of these guys that you know, occasionally he'll give you a great soundbite. And sometimes he can be, you know, a little short and maybe more to the point. But in general, I think what I appreciate about, appreciate about TJ McConnell from a reporter's perspective or from a media player interaction perspective is he never dodges a request or a question. And if there's ever a time where we're in a pinch, maybe before a game, and it's like, uh, do you got a second? Can we get, you know, a quick interview? We just need a, a random soundbite. It's the second half of a back-to-back you know you can go ask T.J. McConnell that and, and he'll you know, be willing to do it. And that's why I did want to ask him about you know, down the road. I'm not sure if media, you know, color commentator or analyst or, or maybe coach. I feel like coach is it's definitely in his blood and maybe that's more 
the route he might take when his playing career is finished. But I like the fact that he's staying in shape. You could, we saw him on the Zoom chat. The, those listening will not. But it looks like he's in shape. He's been practicing. He's been preparing. And mentally, much like what Kevin Pritchard said earlier today, I think everyone is still focused on finishing out this season and that they haven't played their last basketball. Nobody has any clue or idea, and everyone kind of goes back to what Adam Silver said, you know, May 1st is the earliest anyone will have any idea, but you've got to prepare as if you are going to play again, and definitely sounds like T.J. McConnell is doing that. Yeah, that optimism I think you hear is refreshing because we know the fans are, are um, you know, ready to have NBA basketball back, and this is a challenge for everybody. You touched on it there briefly. We talked one-on-one or two-on-one, I guess, with uh, T.J. McConnell, but also happening um, recently was a virtual press conference, if you will, with Kevin Pritchard, who was kind of able to update everyone, the media alike, on where he is and where the team is as a whole during all of yeah, I think when this was announced on Monday that Kevin Pritchard would be available to the media, many wondered, does he have something to announce? And I, I think I knew that he wouldn't. And if there is going to be any announcement, it's going to be coming uh, from the NBA. But it was good for everyone to hear from Kevin Pritchard, to give a little bit of an update, to share maybe some optimism, but just kind of what is going on inside, you know, not necessarily the walls of the St. Vincent Center, because many of the front office executives are in their living room. And, and Kevin Pritchard, as the reporters that were on that call saw, he's at his couch. And he has the same issues we all have in terms of making sure he doesn't make too many trips to the fridge. But I thought that it was good that he started with, you know, giving a shout out to not just his fellow front office members and the things that they are doing to take advantage of the time um, during this time of social distancing, but also to the players. And I mentioned that with TJ McConnell about he was one of the guys that Kevin Pritchard mentioned that is kind of keeping the players together, whether it's interacting in, in text message chains or in some of their Zoom conversations. Just to kind of share a little bit of what Kevin Pritchard said on Tuesday, he was asked, I think, a question about what the team had accomplished or what he thought was still um, – what they could still – achieve and he said I'm happy for what this team has accomplished winning eight of 11 he was pleased that they were getting back to a point where they would almost be healthy and he said I was really looking forward to that last part of the season and potentially moving up the standings and getting one of those home court advantage spots for the playoffs he hadn't ruled that out now who knows what happens and and you know you still would like to be a better a four seed if you can be a four seed instead of a five seed um, and there are regular season games you can tell that's what Kevin Pritchard is thinking about but he also said we think we can make some noise in the playoffs. And so um, I, I like that he said that in present tense. And I like that. And I agree with him. I mean, you have Victor Oladipo getting back to maybe the last, the, the fourth quarter against Dallas and the entire game against Boston, maybe the best version of Victor Oladipo. So that was reason for optimism. And, and you knew eventually Malcolm Brogdon would get back. Um, but then another question that we can hear from Kevin Pritchard about is, is what the players are doing to sort of stay in game shape. I think the thing that I've gotten back from our players in the last probably week or two weeks is they want to prove it. They want to prove that this team is a good team in the playoffs. They want to show that this is going to be a tough out. You're not going to get past us in a, in a easy series. It's going to be a tough series. And I felt like, again, you, you had three seasons, you know, Victor going, uh, uh, being out the, the beginning and, and watching this team come together, the, 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 the first group, uh, that was healthy, and that was fun. That was a, an amazing experience for that team. And then Victor coming back, and there being some challenges around that. 
But there was also going to be a third season in my mind, and that was coming out the end when everybody was clicking. And, you know, you put this team with, you know, everybody healthy, we're not afraid. Uh, you know, they might not be afraid uh, of us, but we're not afraid of them either. So, you know, I can feel their, their anxiety to want to come back, but I think now it was anxiety because what's going on in the world. And now I, I get a feeling like they're hungry, like there's some hunger in this team that if we get back and can play in these playoffs or some regular season and playoffs or however they do it, that, that they want to prove it, that this team wants to prove that, that they belong. And, you know, you have, I'm, I'm talking with TJ Warren uh, in a text today, and, you know, he hadn't been in the playoffs. He's salivating, truly salivating at the opportunity to get out there and play and compete in the playoffs. That's what these guys live for. You know, unfortunately, we've made the playoffs the last few years, and we're a pretty competitive team, but I felt like this team had a chance to do some pretty special things. And in that answer from Kevin Pritchard, you hear, you know, some of the challenges that every team is dealing with, with players scattered across the country, some having workout facilities and gyms and others do not. And an understanding that you can't really expect them if and when they return to be able to step right on the court and be in the same shape that they were, but they're doing everything that they can. Now, later in the call, uh, Kevin Pritchard was asked about Malcolm Brogdon. And I thought that uh, Kevin Pritchard's comments were worth sharing here as well. I think, Malcolm is hungry, and, uh, you know, what happens is with, with all these players, not just Malcolm, the, the bumps and bruises of the season have gone away, uh, but you're not in his game shape. So I think he's – Malcolm's trying to be as disciplined about his eating probably as much as any player right now. I mean, he's, he's been very disciplined around that. And, uh, he, he's also taken up golf. He, he spoke to our whole staff uh, the other day, and uh, he, he's, he's, he thinks he's ready to take on golf, and I think he's crazy. Nice comment there from Kevin Pritchard. And, Pat, I know you and I were on that team call, that entire um, Pacer Sports Entertainment call that Malcolm shared some of his thoughts a couple of weeks ago. But Malcolm mentioned then that he was trying to take up golf in his free time. Kevin Pritchard says – he thinks he's crazy for trying to take up golf. Uh, I, I think anybody like Malcolm Brogdon, um, he's going to be okay when he gets serious about something, excepting the golf. But I did think it was interesting that um, he, he decided to say that Malcolm's trying to be disciplined with his eating as much as anything else. And that's something we're all dealing with, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a real challenge. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm able to run more now than I could before, but I'm definitely eating more. And I think that that balance, I'm losing that battle, but uh, trying anyway. And, and, and that's what I mean. That's what I was just talking about, you know, with TJ McConnell in a lot of ways, they're very much like you or I, everybody is, you know, um, hold into their apartment or their house, and you're not normally around your fridge 18 hours a day. You're, you know, you not normally have all this free time, and so um, I think that'll be just you know kind of generally a fascinating aspect of hopefully if uh, we can get this thing restarted of where all these teams are. It really throws a, a potential wrench into things. How well did you handle this time right now might determine how well you do in the future, and uh, you know that's an aspect that. You know, there, there have been lockout seasons before where there's a little bit of a dynamic of that, but this is really the, the, an extremely unique scenario that we haven't seen before. And I do wonder, you know, how much does what happens right now pay off when things get restarted, whenever that is. 
Um, you know, obviously for Malcolm Brogdon, one of the positives is that, you know, he's been able to heal and not have to miss games. And so it's good to hear um, that he's back and uh, in closing in on getting to 100%, if not all the way there. You, you mentioned the golf game. When we had him on our media day sit down that Mark Boyle and I do for the live stream, we had, uh, I think Weed Hotchkiss had this idea. It was a good one. We had a Jenga game set up, and each of the players came in and, and had to make a Jenga move. And as it turned out, nobody broke the tower. So it was uh, maybe a little bit of a fail in that regard. But <laughs> I, I did ask Malcolm um, at the time, you know, does the fact, does what it takes to be an elite basketball player, to be in the NBA, does that help you in other things? And in this scenario, I was using Jenga. But, you know, the hand-eye coordination it takes to be a good basketball player has to work for golf. Maybe unless you're Charles Barkley, but I think uh, for, for just about everybody else, that hand-eye coordination has to make you a better golfer, right? Yeah, I would think. And, and some are probably better than others. We've always seen the players go around at the Pacers Foundation golf yes. outing in September. And sometimes, you know, you'll hand them a club and say, oh, you can take my drive. And I, to me, from my observation and, and those experiences, if they haven't taken it seriously, they're not going to automatically you know, put no the way. club in their hand and be great. I mean, nobody no different. Planet is. It's golf. <laughs> nobody, it's nobody. Plus, they're, plus they're like they're like six eight, six nine, and, and you and I are taller, but still, they probably have a pair of club, a set of clubs that doesn't fit them. Right, right. So, but, uh, but if they focus on it and yeah. try, they're probably successful in almost anything they choose to do, golf included. And and I think Kevin maybe mentioned whether it was on that call or or with us that Doug McDermott is his game is fantastic right now. And I know courses are probably um, some maybe are open. I think that the pins, you can't really finish the holes, but when the weather's nice and hopefully soon, I mean, that's maybe a way to kind of pass some of the time if you can social distance and, and play some golf. And I know Doug is outstanding. Maybe in the off season, if we get an off season, um, we can maybe do a little round of golf with Doug McDermott and share that on Fox Sports Indiana. But Indiana. In general, I, I would say, Pat, that um, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed hearing from Kevin Pritchard. I, I've enjoyed the opportunity to talk with TJ McConnell. And one of the things that I guess sticks out to me about both of those conversations, and even you go back to Gogo Bataze a couple of weeks ago, is I feel like that this is a time where the foundation, the chemistry, just the way the front office has built this team and put this team together can benefit them when they return this summer or if it has to be you know next season I think they can they can grow from this and they can maybe hit the ground running a little faster than some teams where they've already you know given up on the season or they're just kind of not as focused as they were when it was March and they were you know in the middle of a playoff run I think these guys heads are in the right places and and granted there are 15 guys and, and some are scattered all over the country and you can't really know how a player um, is preparing mentally and physically through a Zoom chat and a text message chain. But I just get the feeling from everything I'm seeing and hearing that, you know, A, they're taking this seriously. Number one, you know, they are social distancing. Everyone is doing what they are supposed to do. But they also are preparing mentally probably as much as anything, but physically when they can to get back out there on the court. And the chemistry that I think that they showed this season is – Worth noting when you had so many new players coming together with this team. I mean, you had a chance from last season to bring some guys back and, you know, decisions were made. And it ended up being almost a brand new roster. And you had Victor Oladipo out for so much of the season. So the chemistry that we saw on the court, I think for most of the season, but even through the ups and the downs and the way they were able to finish 
at least the games prior to this break. And then what you're seeing and hearing from some of the guys, I think it puts them in a really good position uh, if and when they're able to get back. No, I certainly agree. And I, th I certainly think that's the hope. It'll be fascinating to see those dynamics come into play once we start playing basketball again, whenever that is. But you do uh, get optimism hearing TJ McConnell talk, you know, hearing Kevin Pritchard talk about uh, Malcolm Brogdon. And, you know, I think just in general, you agree with this. It's, it's, it's nice to have a week here where we're talking to the players, talking to Kevin Pritchard and, you know, can uh, gladly say here that we're going to get the chance to have more players on this podcast here in the coming weeks. So the Sideline Guys podcast, you're going to get to hear from uh, a decent portion of the team as well. And if nothing else, it's good to be able to check in with them, see how they're doing. Um, and just things feel just a little bit more normal this week, I think. Yeah, and we hope the fans are all, you know, surviving and thriving in the best way that they can. And, you know, I, I know it can be troublesome at times to scroll through Twitter and sometimes you get some bad news and every once in a while you just want to be distracted a little bit. And that's where I think we're trying to be available and also to provide some content and not to once again not to distract and take away from what everyone's trying to accomplish but I think there's a time and a place for entertainment and I know many of you are probably spending less time in your cars and that's maybe when that's when I listen to most of my podcasts maybe um, in flights on flights to uh, different NBA cities or in um, car trips to Bankers Life Fieldhouse so not really doing either of those right now. So maybe I'm not listening to as many podcasts, but if you have time and you're able to stream it to whatever device you have, we hope you can make some time and, and add the sideline guys to part of your quarantine routine. And we've got some more um, what hope to be uh, entertaining shows coming up for you in the next few weeks. Are you doing well? I know this is a Zoom call that we're on and it's a podcast, so there's uh, no video with it, but I'm enjoying watching you with your background, which is uh... – Bankers Life Fieldhouse, you're up kind of in the uh, club level in the corner, maybe even where that, that media section is. Yeah, you know, I didn't even know that the uh, backgrounds on Zoom were a thing until I, I saw a few people, and so just quickly made one today. And all I did is I scrolled through my photos, and that's actually the photo that I took from the Portland Trailblazers game. So in the first half, if you'll remember, and no one even can see the photo because they're no. listening to this podcast, but it's basically, it almost looks like you could have found it on Getty Images where it's a wide shot of a pretty much full Bankers Life Fieldhouse. But I actually took that with my own phone because in the second half of that game, I decided that I'd, I kind of had enough sitting with the courtside view, not that I had any problems sitting by you and Chris there, but I wanted to just get some popcorn and sit with the fans. And so Ken Southman and I went up there, and, and I think the second half was much better than the first, so maybe that's a sign I should go back up to the, uh, the balcony maybe more frequently. Well, hey, I think you're auditioning to be a Getty photographer and succeeding. So. <laughs> yeah, I can add it to my, uh, my resume. But I, anything that I can do to get back in Bankers Life Fieldhouse is what I want. And so maybe if I see that image, it'll just get me excited. Hey, I hear you. Glad to hear you're doing well. We will be back uh, next Wednesday and joined by another player or two. We'll uh, keep that a mystery. We'll call that a tease right now. But certainly thank you uh, to TJ McConnell, who joined us earlier. You got to hear there from Kevin Pritchard, who spoke uh, with the media on Tuesday as well. For Jeremiah Johnson, I'm Pat Boylan. We'll talk to you next Wednesday on the Sideline Guys podcast.